Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Okay, we are in 1 John chapter 5. Uh, McGee puts us in at verse 4, going through verse 6. We touched on verse 4 and 5 yesterday, um, but we'll uh, stay on schedule and look at these again today. Verse 4 reads, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. Now that's a power-packed verse right there. For everyone. This is not just for a few people, but this is anybody no matter how bad a person you are, or no, no matter how bad a person the world may think you are, everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And what do you mean being born of God? That means faith in Jesus Christ, faith in what He did for us on the cross, that He sacrificed Himself for us on the cross. And if you just believe if you believe He did that for you, if you, as McGee says, if you believed in who He was and what He did. Who He was, He was the Son of God. What He did was He sacrificed Himself for you, for your sins. So, that is a gift. You don't, that is a gift, and you don't have to earn it. All you have to do is believe. So, he says here, for everyone who has been born of God. Now, born of God means when you believe that Jesus died on the cross, you, in a, in a spiritual sense, you share his death on the cross. In other words, you put your old self to death. You die, uh, you put your old sinful self to death, and then you share in Jesus' resurrection from the dead. So spiritually, you, you die to the sin. You, you, your old sinful self dies with Jesus. So when you die with Jesus, you're raised from the dead with Jesus. So when you're raised, you're reborn. You're born again as a new creation. And this new creation is you're reborn just like a little child. So you are now a child of God. God is more than just God. He is your Father. For everyone who has been born of God, all right, that means sharing this death with Jesus Christ on the cross, overcomes the world. So in other words, if you've been born of God, now you're a child of God. You've overcome this sinful world. 
through Jesus. God no longer counts your sins against you. So you've overcome the, the sin in the world. You've overcome the world. And now you have eternal life because you've been resurrected with Jesus Christ from the dead. That's overcoming the world. And that gift is for everyone, not just the people that we think deserve it, but for anyone. That's how much God loves us all. And it's hard for us to sometimes realize that God loves even the people we don't love. That's God's love. It goes beyond our ability to love. So, for everyone who's been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. How do we overcome the world? It's through our faith. If we believe in Jesus, who He was and what He did. Who He was, He was the Son of God. He was 100% God, but He was also 100% human. He was 100% man. He was 100% God. He was 100% man in that He became sin. For He took the sins of all of us on Himself. If he wasn't 100% man, he wouldn't identify with sin. He wouldn't be a, an adequate sacrifice. He had to be 100% man. But he was also 100% God. He was with God. He was the living Word of God. And then that living Word became flesh. He was 100% God that could make this kind of a sacrifice for all of us. Who he was and what he did, he laid down his life for us. He died for us. <clears throat> and that's our faith. Our faith is doesn't have to be based on our level of education or our wealth or our politics or anything else. We don't have to go to a special school to get faith. The faith is based on our trust and just believing in what He did for us. So there's no barrier for anyone for this victory to overcome the world. And this is the victory that you place your faith in Jesus Christ. It's all about Him. It's all about what He did for us. It's not about what we do for ourselves or we do for anyone else because it, it's all about Him. It takes pride, our own personal pride, completely out of the picture. It is a gift from God. And it's our faith. And as McGee says, faith is what saves us. Now, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, by grace you have been saved through faith. Grace is the gift of God through faith. That's faith. That's what we do. That's how we put our trust in that gift from God. So our victory is our faith in what He did for us, God's grace, God's gift to us. So it is our faith that allows us to be born of God and to overcome the world. God's grace is freely given for all of us, but we have to accept that gift of grace through our faith that allows us to have victory over this world, and to overcome the world. How precious is our faith? 
And our faith has to come from our own heart. Our own heart has to has to acknowledge Him and has to be humbled to acknowledge what He did. And when we bring ourselves low, that allows us to be raised up through Christ. Verse 5, Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? It's like a rhetorical question, as if you didn't get it the first time. Who is it? It's one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. The one who believes. Isn't it amazing what a struggle it is in the world to earn a living, to um, try to get an education, to try to raise a family, to try to overcome physical limitations or perhaps cultural limitations or relationship problems, health problems. There's so many things that you have to do in this world, but you'll never overcome it. But the one who overcomes it believes in Jesus. And then you're resurrected from the dead. You live your life resurrected. It's your faith that allows you to overcome this world. It's nothing that you can do to overcome this world. Only your faith in Christ. Verse 6, this is he who came by water and blood. He's saying, now this is he, this is Jesus, who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. Now, water can be a reference to many things. Water is a reference to Jesus' baptism by John the Baptist. That's signaling Christ being baptized, just like everyone is being baptized. That is an outward symbol of being a Christian, being baptized. It's sort of like a symbol of marriage to put a ring on your finger. The ring on your finger uh, symbolizes your marriage. It doesn't marry you, per se. It's not the, the ring is not the ceremony. Else you just go out and buy a ring. The ring just symbolizes the marriage. Just like the baptism symbolizes the, the, the belief of the person. So baptism is a testimony. Baptism is a testimony to one's faith. So Jesus allowed himself to be baptized as a symbol. So that's water. That's one symbolism of water. The nation Israel passed through the Red Sea, passed through the waters. It was a symbolic baptism of faith for the whole nation. So we see these early symbolisms of water in the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament, in the baptism of the water. but And I think also Jesus said, you know, this water um, reference is also a reference to life itself. Remember the lady at the well who was dipping in some water in John chapter 4, verse 10 and 11? He talks about saying, you know, I'll give you living water so that you'll never be thirsty again. So this reference to water is a testimony to um, one's faith, 
like in baptism. It's also um, a reference to Jesus Christ himself being living water. And uh, also McGee points out that when when, uh, Jesus was on the cross, this is John chapter 19, verse 34, John was there at the foot of the cross. And when it looked like uh, the storms were coming and uh, they were breaking the legs of some of the other um, thieves on the cross uh, so that they would hurry up and die and they wouldn't, you know, they would already be dead uh, because they could, when their legs were broken, they couldn't push themselves up anymore to try to breathe. Um, but Jesus they, was already dead, it looked like, so the soldier pierced his side with a spear, and it says, quote, and at once there came out blood and water. So John was there, and John said, you know, at once water and blood poured out from Jesus. And that was sort of another testimony that Jesus was who he was and what he did. He, he, he not only came by water, which was sort of an outward expression of faith, but he had water and blood in his death. So we see water and blood coming out of Jesus in his death. So he came not by water only, but by water and blood. And McGee was, is pointing out that that's a reference to his work for us on the cross. Just the water is a reference to our belief in in Jesus Christ. And the water and the blood is is a reference to His sacrifice for us, His gift for us. And then, and the Spirit is the one who testifies. So Jesus comes not only by water, but by water and blood and the Spirit. And the Spirit testifies for Christ. And all these things are testimonies for what Jesus did for us. When Jesus was baptized, the Spirit of God came on Him like a dove and said, This is my beloved Son who I am well pleased. Water and blood poured from Jesus on the cross signifying His death for us on the cross. And the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, is what has been poured out from Him to all of us as well. The Spirit, which is the Spirit of truth. This Spirit of truth allows us to feel His presence and convict our hearts, change our hearts, and allows us to have this faith in Him. It's like our own faith is is a gift from from God. It's from a God as well. The Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. So in other words, the testimony regarding Jesus Christ being the Son of God, this testimony is not only dependent for our faith. He's talking about faith that allows us to overcome the world. But our faith is... What what are the components of the faith? It's 
the testimony that Jesus is who he is. And the testimony is not even based ultimately on man's testimony. You have God's testimony. God's testimony is the water. And another um, reference to the water is like the word. The word of God is like the water that nourishes us. It is living water. It is the way, the truth, and the life. It is living water that gives us life. It's the Word of God. The water cleanses us. The water washes away our sins. This is Jesus' work on the cross. This living Word that comes, that Jesus described Himself as living water, this living water from Christ is what testifies to us. It testifies to us. It's the Word of God. That's a testimony of who Jesus was. The blood that was shed for us on the cross, the blood and the water that poured out from Jesus Christ, testifies for us that this was a sacrifice for us. And the Spirit of God, which is the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. The truth, the Holy Spirit, is the truth of God. We have the Word of God. We have the truth of God, which is His Holy Spirit. That's testifying too. We have the Word of God, the truth of God. The Son of God, Jesus Christ. The, the water that poured from Jesus, the blood. The water that washes us, the blood that is sacrificed for us. The Spirit of God that is the truth of God. That comes through the Word of God. And that works in us through the sacrifice of God. That works in our hearts as testimony. So that we can have faith in Him. All these things are the testimony of God working in our hearts for everyone to allow us to be born of God. What powerful, powerful uh, lessons for us to learn. So we'll stop here. Today is Friday. We'll take a break again, as we always do over the weekend, and we'll take up our study of 1 John again on Monday as we continue this powerful, powerful book of 1 John. God bless you all. Keep your hearts centered on Christ, and we'll see you next time. Now, I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, glad you're back from safari. Take it away, Matali. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from 1 John chapter 5 beginning at verse 4 all the way to verse 6. So in the first section of this division, that's the last major division of chapter 5 of the first book of John, Dr. McGee has labeled it as victory over the world. And this section is from verse 1 to verse 5. So... Today's study is beginning at verse 4, and verse 4 of 1 John chapter 5 reads, 
For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. So the word victory is, you know, mentioned. Um, it's the only time actually it's actually mentioned. And it, 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 it that is mentioned in the New Testament. And it's the only time it occurs here. So the word uh, victory, you know, the victory that overcomes the world here is our faith. So, um, as scripture has read, the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. So, for us, to, in order to overcome the world, we can only do this through faith. So, faith saves and keeps us, um, keeps us safe because we are sealed and protected by the Holy Spirit. So, we are saved by faith and walk by faith. So we are born children of God by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So as God's children, we have an enemy. And, you know, this enemy is the world. It's the world that's being talked about here. So scripture says, love not the world or things that are in the world. So in the world, you know, there is that which is of the flesh. So that's the worldly things and that which is of the devil. So we use here in today's study an illustration of the worldly things from the Old Testament. And we are using an illustration from the story um, of Joshua when he led the Israelites into Canaan in the promised land. So when Joshua entered the promised land, and the promised land here uh, isn't you know, a figure of heaven, as some people or some scholars would put it. Canaan represents the place where believers should be living down here today. And that's where we are blessed, blessed with all spiritual blessings. So as believers, we should be living in a place like Canaan. So when Joshua entered the land, you know, it wasn't handed to him on a silver platter. And if we today are to actually enjoy the spiritual blessings that are ours, we have to recognize that, you know, we have a battle to fight. You know, we are facing a spiritual battle. And as children of God, we are fighting every day and we have to recognize that. So the enemy won't just let us have the victory that's being talked about here if we are to overcome the world. So when Joshua entered the promised land, there were three enemies that stood before him. And until he actually overcame them, he wasn't able to take that land. So he has to fight and um, fight for, for, for what he actually believes in. So the first enemy was Jericho. That's the first enemy that uh, Joshua faced. So Jericho here is representing the world. And this is the first place he actually struck. That's uh, this town, the city, Jericho rather. And it was obvious that he was trying to split the land into two divisions and take one at a time. And then the second enemy was Ai. And... Um, AI here represents the flesh. So Joshua sent, you know, a small contingent because he was looking at like, oh, AI is just something small. He sent a small contingent to AI thinking it would be easy to actually take 
but this is the place he received, you know, a telling defeat. And a lot of Christians today, you know, they actually overcome the world. They're able to overcome the world, but always get overcome by the flesh. Because this is something that's inherent that we are born in. We are natural sinners. So there are many saints today, but, you know, that actually don't engage in worldly practices. You know, they stay away from, they've overcome the world, but they go to church and are overcome by the flesh. For example, you know, a lot of people go and judge other people and gossip about other people. So this is what a lot of us Christians struggle with today to overcome the flesh. So, you know, Christians today, they can blow their trumpet around Jericho, but not around AI. So they'll blow the trumpet and overcome the world, but they do not overcome AI. That's um, the flesh. And then the third enemy that uh, Joshua faced were the Gibeonites. And the Gibeonites represent the devil. So they deceived Joshua. And, you know, the devil was and is and has been a liar from the beginning. So verse 4 here, you know, we'll look at this uh, verse in reference to Joshua. So if uh, you're a child of God, you're going to overcome the world. And this is overcome by faith and not by fighting. Joshua didn't go to Jericho and started fighting. He went into Jericho by faith because, you know, he had a vision. Um, and in the vision, he was asked to go march around the, 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 the city of Jericho for seven days. And he marched around it for seven days. And then the last day, he marched around it like seven times. So Jericho was the enemy that was in front of Joshua and the Israelites. And, you know, he had to take that city. So he took the city not by fighting, but by faith. That's how he overcame uh, the city of Jericho. So he took it by faith. He trusted God. So God told him what to do. And God told him to march around the city and put the priests up front and not, you know, the generals. So put the priests up front with the ark and they were to actually carry horns and to blow them as they go around the city. You know, it must have been and it still sounds like a very strange tactic to use, you know, when you're trying to fight your enemies. But Joshua had faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So the, in God rather. So the children of Israel took Jericho not by fighting, but by marching around according to God's orders. So Joshua had faith and he knew he was getting his instructions from God, despite him being, you know, in charge, the head of um, the army. But he knew he was getting his instructions from God, the unseen captain of the host of the Lord. So Joshua was taking his orders from the captain of the host of the Lord. So Joshua is obeying orders and he's being obedient. So he believes the captain um, of the host of the Lord. And if we turn to the book of Hebrews, um, that's in Hebrews. Let me just look for Hebrews. Okay, so that's Hebrews 11 verse 30. It reads, um, let me just find it. Okay, so here we are. So Hebrews 11, 
30 reads, By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. So you have these um, Israelites. They're marching. You know, the first day, you know, when they're given the instructions, they go march around the wall. And obviously, you know, the enemy who is behind the wall is, um, you know, they prepared for battle because they were hoping, they were probably thinking, okay, so they're going to come and ram against the gate and, you know, and then there's going to be a physical battle and all. But they just circled around the wall according to, as per instructions from the Lord, as per, per instructions from God. And, you know, they did that for six days. And on the seventh day, they went around the wall. And obviously, the people inside the city, you know, they got weary. And they were thinking, oh, they're just marching. So they march and they're expecting, oh, hey, they'll march back to their camp. But, you know, on that seventh day, they marched around the city seven times. And, you know, then, and they blew the trumpets and then the walls fell and... Um, they were defeated because um, the city must have been encircled by the Israelites. So, it was by faith and not by fighting that the walls of Jericho fell down. So, the lesson for us today is we can't overcome the world today by fighting, by actually fighting it. It's, but we can overcome the world today by faith if we just have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 5, uh, 1 John chapter 5 reads, Who is he, sorry, who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So here now, um, we have faith in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what this verse is talking about. And faith in the future. So we have that um you know, trust in that blessed hope that we look forward to the future. That's the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this, um, he is going to be the one that actually is going to overcome. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one who's going to come and he's the one who's going to overcome. Verse 6 of First John chapter 5 goes on to read, This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. So here we have faith in Christ for salvation. So when we, when we, we, we are, Christ died for us, you know, for our salvation, and nothing more can be added to that. So we already have received salvation because the, the, the price has already been paid, the blood has already been shed. So here, you know, we have faith in Christ for our salvation and here and now for the world and for the believer. So who will trust Christ and, um, you know, for that believer in the world who actually trusts Christ and is saved now? So how is this to be? So reference is in John nineteen thirty four, And scripture reads... So, um, John 19, verse 34, it says, But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. Okay. 
So, um, John, you know, it shows John was actually present and was close by to where um, the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified. So it shows John was present at Christ's crucifixion. And this is what happened. This is what his narrating happened. So John noted that when that soldier pushed a spear in the side of Christ, that there came out blood and water and not just one element, but both elements. And John now makes application to this. And here in verse 6 that I just read, he says, He came by water. And, you know, water speaks of God's word. And this is what the Lord meant that you must be born again because the Lord is, you know, our spring of water, uh, our, our water of life. So this is why the Lord Jesus Christ, this is what he meant when he said, you must be born of water and of the word. So the water is the living word applied by God's spirit. So that, you know, we here, you know, have um, the one that came by water. So the word of God that, the word of God that the spirit of God uses and the blood is by the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. So even Jesus Christ, not by water, only by, um, not by water only, sorry, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit that bears witness because the spirit is truth. So, you know, Dr. Jimmy McGee said, you know, he gave a peculiar statement where he says the Lord Jesus Christ had actually told his disciples, you know, not to go out and witness, you know, between the death and the resurrection of Christ, because, you know, only the spirit of God makes it real. Only the spirit of God can make the word of God real to us. So it's the spirit of God that can make the word of God real to us. So it's the spirit of God that can apply the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ who died for us on the cross to our hearts and our lives. So Christ died for our sins, but the spirit of God has made that real to us. So only the spirit of God can make the death and resurrection of Christ real to us. So if you're a child of God, you know, you have faith and believe in God and you're born again, you know, you have the spirit of God and it's only the spirit of God that can make this real to us. You know, it can make um, the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ real to us. Okay, so this is our our study for today. Thank you all for listening in. Have a pleasant Friday and stay blessed. Bye-bye.